long time ago. Actually, no, just 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 a fucking moment ago. We reviewed Star Wars Episode One. We're about to do Star Wars Episode Two. Back of the Clones, 2002. This is, it took three years for them to make a second episode. That pilot died in somebody's desk. Yeah. Anyways, we're back with episode two. We're starting with this opening scrawl again which of is, Yellow Tech. Which is cool because it gives us the title of the episode. Yeah, but like, why the fuck are we repeating the episode? Also, why do we have another setting? Like, uh, a scrawl with setting? Shouldn't episode one have set up this fucking setting for, for us? Normally I would say yes, but this episode takes place 10 years in the future. Yeah, yeah, but we don't learn that right away, right? It's not in the scroll, no. Like, yeah, like oh, the, the scroll doesn't tell us that 10 years have passed since last time. Honestly, it should have been a long time ago in a galaxy far away, but 10 years sooner than the last episode. Yeah, or like, you start your yellow scroll with 10 years ago, explain that briefly. A long time ago in a galaxy far away, 10 years have passed since the yeah, events. Yeah, since we've last seen our... Jedi Knights or whatever? Since the standoff between the Trade Federation and the Republic yeah. on, on Naboo. Well, no, we don't get that. And, like, so, like, why wasn't any of this shit in the last episode? Is, like, my first question, because I don't know it's fucking ten years from now. It seem, and even if it is ten years, it seems fucking crazy that all this discord and unrest has happened off-screen. Yeah. Also, um, my, my first thing was, Amidala's no longer queen, like, was she deposed or something? Because, again, I didn't know 10 years had fucking passed, yeah, and she was a new queen We We know nothing about in the time pass. We get introduced to Padme at the very beginning of this, this episode, and she's a senator now. She's no longer a queen. Mm-hmm. But the opening title crawl does have some information for us. Thousands of solar systems are leaving the Republic, led by a mysterious man named Count, Count Dooku. Dooku. The Republic Senate are getting ready to meet to vote on the creation of a military. And that brings me to my point that it's fucking weird that they didn't already have a military. Yeah, it makes no sense. they've been around for a thousand years. It feels like I missed out on episodes here, though, because, like... Right, like so you, many. It's weird that we jump from Anakin is nine years old to Anakin's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. We jump from Padme is queen of this planet, an elected position, to she's a senator, a, non-elect, a non-elected position. Yeah. So, we cut in with the actual visuals of this episode with... Several Naboo fighters flying above the planet of Coruscant, Actually, and they're escorting a bigger Naboo on. ship. Fuck me. Why are senators not elected, but the queen is? I mean, are senators elected? We're not sure. No, no, no. Are they just appointed? No, we, know, we know they're appointed because the, because oh, yeah, the, queen the new them. queen yeah, you're right. appoints her as senator. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm almost ready to flip this table up because I just... I just so we, we see these Nabooian ships headed down to Coruscant. And this guy informs Senator Amidala that they're on their descent. They all land, and we see the old pilot from episode one who was, like, flying Amidala around everywhere. He hops, out. Out, of, he hops out of his fighter, fighter ship, and he's like... And so does a masked pilot. They don't take their mask off. Yeah. He's like, I guess I was wrong. There's no danger at all. And then he's immediately wrong as the larger Nabooian ship goes boom. Because you never say, I guess there was no danger. That's just if you're in a, if you're in a TV show or a movie, you don't say those words. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I know you don't know you're in a TV show or a movie. Yeah. But so hmm. the pilot we've seen before and the match pilot run over to check and on Amadala who was coming down the ramp, and the pilot that was wearing a mask grips it off and what do you know? It's Amadala. You know, you really think ten years into her career because I have to assume this has been 
more than what I made of her on her life, plus before. You would assume her enemy is now she actively uses body doubles. Well, I mean, I thought when we were in the first movie, I thought that was just a thing they did with their queen. No, it's apparently like a Amidala thing. But you think her enemies would have caught on like, don't aim for the obvious one. It's Amidala. You know what? Fuck it. Kill anyone that looks vaguely like her. <laughs> if, if, if they're teen, if they're a teen, well, sorry, if they're a young adult. Yeah, but she's like 24 yeah. now. If they're a young adult and they're from Naboo and they're female, murder them. Anyways, um, well, Amidala's ship is blowing up. Supreme Chancellor Palpatine and the Jedi Council are having a meeting. The Jedi tell Palpatine that they aren't soldiers. They're peacekeepers. And if war breaks out between this new coalition of planets and the Republic, it isn't their duty to fight. And the Jedi won't be able to protect the entirety of the Republic. Fun fact, we learned all of this from the yellow scrolling text. Why the fuck would you tell us if less than six minutes in to the fucking film, you're going to, one, exposit it everywhere kind of poorly but at least show it better than just having written it on the fucking screen anyways while they're having this conversation padme enters the chamber and she immediately starts asking if they knew who was behind the attack she thinks it's dooku but the common consensus according to the jedi mainly nick fury that's impossible it was is that it was disgruntled spice miners from a nabooian moon oh yeah well also i I just want to tell you something and i i haven't admitted this to anybody Mm mm-hmm but until I started listening to Expanded Universe, I thought spice mines were like mines where they mined like salt. No. Because nobody fucking ever clarifies in the Star Wars movies that spice is a goddamn drug. Yeah. So Fury yeah. says that um, Dooku couldn't have done it because... Uh. He was a Jedi, so it's not in his character. Yeah, He's not yeah, a Jedi yeah. anymore, but he was. And if someone was ever once even possibly a Jedi, they could never do anything bad. Also, Kyoto Mundi is the one that tells her that it was an, that it was a disgruntled spice miner from a Nabooian moon. You know, big big dude that can have sex. Yeah. That's the guy that tells, tells her that. So Yoda then just kind of points out that obviously Amidala's in danger. And uh, Palpatine's just like, you know what you should do? You should put some armed Jedi escorts on her to keep her safe. And then she protests, and the Jedi's protest, and he's like, what if it was somebody you knew? I know it's a hassle, but, like, what if we got Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, and Palpatine makes the classic appeal to emotion. Oh, I'm so worried. You're in so much danger. We really need you. Naboo needs you. And she caves. Fury caves. He says, oh, I'll Obi-Wan report to duty. Anyways, we cut to an elevator scene with, where we have Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker is definitely not nine years old anymore. Played by a new actor. Thank God Jake Lloyd can emote, but he cannot say words. That and said, Hayden Christensen either. Hayden Christensen can't either. Yeah. <sighs> so they basically just banter about how Anakin's nervous because he hasn't seen Amidala in 10 years. You know what? Controversial take here. Jake Lloyd was the better Anakin. I'm down with it. Jake Lloyd could emote at least. Yeah. So, you know, they basically banter about how Anakin's nervous and... Obi-Wan's just like, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be feeling emotions. Whatever. And Any- Anyways, they, they, step out, they, no, they step out of the elevator. And they get attacked by a terrifying, terrifying creature. It's, an, his name, its name is Jar Jar Binks, and for some reason, for some goddamn reason, it's still serving Amidala, but now it has like an administrative role almost? Yeah, I, I guess he became an ambassador between Gungans and the... Nab- 
Buian humans. I guess he is a decorated war general for the for for the Gungan army. Yeah, yeah. Probably so, because he's the only surviving war general for the Gungan army. Yeah. Because so <laughs> we didn't mention this in the last episode. They're having their meeting about the battle plans, right? And Obi Wan's like, or maybe it was Gwygon is like, so the Gungan are a distraction. How many will die for you? And Boss Nasset is like, oh, we know we are a distraction. If we have to die, we have to die. We are here to fight. And like... Yeah. No? Dude, you didn't give a shit about this fight until like 30 seconds before that. Anyways, um, so yeah, Jar Jar is probably the only surviving general from mm-hmm. that fight because Gungans got massacred. So Jar Jar is happy to see them. Um, Anakin again calls Amidala beautiful like the moment he fucking sees her. Oh yeah, also the new queen of um, Naboo, her name, her name is Queen Jamila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan tells uh, Amidala he won't get in her way. It'll all be good. Um, the pilot from before, who's also apparently her guard, is, you know, he's happy to see the Jedi. It makes his job easier. Yeah, and then Padme is like, I just want to know who's trying to kill me. And Anakin's like, we'll find them. And then Obi-Wan's like, that's not our order. We were told to protect her. And Anakin's like, well, clearly the best way to do that is to capture the assailant. That's why they gave us the order. And Obi-Wan's like, we're going to follow the letter of the law, not the spirit. And this kind of hammers out their entire relationship in this episode. Um, apparently in the past 10 years, Obi-Wan and Anakin have become a very confrontational relationship. Mm-hmm. Anakin argues everything with Obi-Wan. And anytime Obi-Wan doesn't actually know how to end the argument, he pulls rank. I'm Jedi Knight. I'm your master. You do what I say. Which actually, I can see how that could leave, lead to Anakin feeling a little like... He's not heard or listened to and no one pays attention. Yeah, like, I don't want to say that, like, Obi-Wan's wrong because he's not, but I mean, like... Yeah. Honestly, this fight basically just ends because I'm was like, you know what, maybe your presence will scare them off. Yep. But we get a meeting then between the killer that bombed the ship and whoever she's working for. Um, but the person she's working for says that the people that hired him and thus her... Are getting impatient and yeah. she needs to finish the job and he hands her this vial that has like obviously poisonous insectoids yeah. in it there, there was also a thing right before this after amadala and her like normal entourage leave and it's just anakin complaining to jar jar about how amadala doesn't care whereas he's been thinking about her every single day for the past 10 years and obi-wan's just like keep your fucking emotions in check and then he's like also she was happy to see us are you that fucking dense yeah so uh, yeah. After the bounty hunter scene, we got back to Amidala, and we basically learn that she has chosen to use herself as bait because oh. they've turned off the cameras and R2 is going to alert them. But Obi-Wan wasn't aware of this. Only Anakin was made aware of this. Yeah. Um, and they get into another argument here because Obi-Wan's like, That's you, dumb. You can't use her as bait. And Anakin's like, It wasn't my idea. It was her idea. Plus, I can sense everything happening in that room right now via the Force. So can you. Stop and being a bitch. And Obi Wan's like, "No, you can't. You're not that. You're not that skilled. I can sense everybody. I can sense everything in that room, but you can't." It's a Force dick measuring contest. And there's no way to prove it, right? Like, there's no way for them to prove who can sense or who cannot sense everything in the room right now. He's like, "That's not something you can prove." Yeah. Um. And then the argument goes from. Force dick measuring contest to again being like, so we're going to try to capture the assassin. And Obi-Wan's being like, no, we're meant to protect her. So then we cut to Amidala's bedroom and we see a droid flying up by the window and appears to like, well, laser I mean, the window. It's important here that we 
note that Amadella can hear everything they're arguing about. Yeah. And she doesn't doesn't we don't get a droid opening the window just yet. Um, first we get some we get a short time skip. Yeah. And Obi Wan approaches Anakin out on a balcony. He's like, "Why aren't you sleeping?" And Anakin's like, "I can't." And Obi Wan's like, "Are you having nightmares?" And he's like, "I just keep having bad dreams of my mother. I just oh, yeah, wish yeah. I could have dreams of Padme instead." Yeah. And, and again, and Obi Wan's like, like, "Dude." Stop being horny on main. Stop being horny. You're a Jedi. Dude, Jedis don't get to be horny on main unless you're Kiati Mundi. Kiati yeah. Mundi, yeah. Jedis don't get to be horny on anything unless you're Kiati Mundi. Yeah. And then you get a special dispensation from the council to go back to your home planet once a year to bone down. That's how you do it. Yeah. So then we cut to the bedroom where Amadala has I, finally fallen asleep. He doesn't actually say all of that. But it's... That's all canon, though. Yeah. So... Then we go back to the bedroom. Amadala is asleep, and we get a flying drone who appears to laser a rectangle into the window. I and think then... the windows are actually just like barriers. Yeah, they like... seem like bad windows. And it... but it can't be because when Obi Wan jumps through it, it shat... shatters. Yeah. So then it passes. But these it doesn't weird... cut a hole because when it moves back, the the glass. It doesn't matter. So it passes. No, it does matter now. My brain is like. <laughs> so it passes through the weird insect things, which I have taken to calling snakeopeds because they look like snakes mixed with centipedes. So they're snakeopeds. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, everybody knows that millipedes and snakes are two of the most poisonous creatures on Earth. Mm-hmm. So why not in space? Yeah. So it drops some snakeopeds on the ground, and they start slithering to Amdala. R two wakes up, notices nothing, and then waits. Back to Anakin. Does, and, does R2 wake up? He's a robot. More like his sensors kind of like are triggered he, because he hears. Yeah. Because he hears, quotation marks, something. Yeah. Then he doesn't see anything on his visual sensors, so he's like, eh, whatever. So then we cut back to Anakin and Obi-Wan. And now Obi-Wan's like lecturing Anakin about how Jedi should stay out of politics. Yeah, because all politicians are bad. And Anakin's just like, I don't know, Palpatine seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, Palpatine seems like seems okay. Um, Amidala is clearly okay, and then they sense the snakeopeds, so they bust in the room and cut them down. And yeah. then Obi Wan's like, "There's a flying droid," and tackles it through the window and catches it. Yep, um, and then that prompts Anakin to run outside and find a speeder mm-hmm. to give chase. Yeah, so a high speed chase ensues. Well, the, yeah, well not yet. The assassin sees Obi Wan um, hanging from the droid, so shoots the droid. Well, one of the, there's two high speed chases. A high speed chase ensues of Anakin following Obi Wan, and okay. then the assassin notices Obi Wan dangling, so shoots Obi Wan. Anakin manages to catch shoots o- the droid. It doesn't. They don't shoot Obi Wan. Seems like a piss poor decision. Probably should have shot the Jedi. Yeah, if they're if they're accurate enough to knock that entire droid out, they should have just shot Obi Wan in the head. Yeah. So Obi Wan falls. Anakin manages to catch him on the speeder. And then they chase the assassin. If they shot Obi-Wan in the head, I just want to like play this out story-wise in Star mm-hmm. Wars. If Obi-Wan died here, does Anakin still fall to the dark side if he gets a new mentor or gets kicked out of the Jedi program entirely? Assuming Anakin still catches this assassin, I would assume... He wouldn't, because Obi-Wan's the one that saw the assassin. Obi-Wan's the one that points them out the assassin during the chase scene. So he wouldn't even be able to track this assassin. Then I'm going to go with... No. Yeah, like, wild. The fact that this assassin is just bad at... I don't know if they're bad at their job or if they just have morals. They're like, I was only paid to kill this person. I can't kill this other person. Yeah. So, they then... Wild. Obi-Wan falls in, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin have to have more banter. This time the banter is about, well, have you spent as much time practicing your lightsaber techniques as you did just apparently being naturally good at piloting is the argument yeah if you were just if you practice as much as you were naturally good at something 
You'd be as good at you'd be as good at sword play as Master, Master Yoda. Yoda. And then Anakin's like, I am as good as Master Yoda. And Obi Wan's like, only in your dreams. And Anakin's like, no, in my dreams, I just see my mother dying. Yeah. So they follow. That's also not actually what happens, but it's very close. Yeah. He, he does say only in your dreams. Anakin just doesn't retort. Yeah. So they follow. Um, the assassin eventually flies into like the tunnel in the middle of a building, and Anakin flies past it. And Obi Wan's like. You lost him, Anakin's like, nah, this is a shortcut, trust me. We're going to cut him off, as it's going to be easy. So in the middle of Obi-Wan complaining, Anakin just, like, bells out of the side of his speeder. Just jumps out. And Obi-Wan's response is, I hate when he does that. To be which fair. Which implies it's happened more than once. Yep. So Anakin lands on the assassin's speeder, and Obi-Wan gives chase, mm-hmm. and... The assassin's trying to shake off, slash, shoot him with a blaster. Eventually, Anakin uses his lightsaber to try to open the hatch up and get inside, but his lightsaber gets knocked out of his hand, and Obi-Wan... Catches it. Hella good catch. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's cool. That's, like, legit cool. Um, uh, but they struggle for the blaster, shoot the speeder itself, which causes the speeder to crash. Yep. And so then, as it crashes, Anakin gets knocked off, mm-hmm. but he gets up and gives chase on foot. Eventually, the assassin ducks inside of a club, where Obi-Wan catches up with Anakin. I would like to point out, Obi-Wan takes the time to politely... And correctly, park this speeder before joining the chase. Yeah, but that's because Obi-Wan's a gentleman. <laughs> True. I think it's in Ewan McGregor's contract. Like, he can't play someone if they're not a gentleman. Yeah. Um. So, Obi-Wan catches up to Anakin outside the club. Rebukes him for losing his saber. He gives him the saber back. He's like, the saber's your life. You can't lose it. And Anakin's like, well, I mean, it's just a weapon. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan's like, you're going to be the death of me. And yeah, and then Obi Wan and Anakin are talking. Obi Wan's like, I think, he, I think he, well, Obi Wan's like, he went in here to hide, not to escape. So we just have to keep our eyes open. And Anakin's like, first, I think he is actually a she, and second, I think he is a changeling. So Obi Wan's like, it's gonna be more dangerous. Keep your eyes open. So Obi Wan goes to the bar and just works on drawing attention to himself. The guy tries to sell him some death sticks. He then tells the guy, you know, you don't want to sell me any death sticks. Do you know what's insane? Well, at some point they decided to. To, like, add to the rating for this movie something about tobacco products. Yeah. Death sticks were not, like, ever in the movies shown to be tobacco products. But nope. now that that warning's there... Disney has basically made them tobacco products. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're now cigarettes. That's what they are, like. So, he, Jedi mind tricks the guy, you do not want to sell me death sticks. Because, like, you do not want to sell me death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Yep. So... He draw, he's, do, he's doing the best to draw attention to himself, and eventually the assassin comes up behind him with mm-hmm. a gun, goes to kill him, but he lightsabers, and I think he cuts her hand off, but I'm yeah, not that for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. It definitely looked like he cut her hand off. So they drag her outside the club, they begin to interrogate her, like, who are you? Who paid you to kill them? She's like, another bounty hunter, and he's like, what's the bounty hunter's name? And, and she's be- about to reveal it, that she gets hit in the throat with a... Toxic dart. Yep, and she did. So then we see Obi-Wan reporting to the council, and the council's like, track down the fucking bounty hunter. And, and he's like, but, but what about Amidala? And they're like, Anakin can handle it. Yeah, and then the council are like, also, Amidala should return to Naboo. It'll be safer there. And Anakin's like, she won't go. She wants to stay here for the vote for the Senate. And they're like, we'll have Palpatine talk to her. Palpatine, yeah, we'll have Palpatine give her an order. Also, so, he's told to make sure she gets home without, like, a paper trail, basically. Let no one know. Yeah, and he, he's also told, to, like, that he's the one to go talk to Palpatine to have mm-hmm. Palpatine tell her to go home. 
So while he's talking to Palpatine then, because we immediately cut from this council scene to yep. Palpatine, we get a very, like, it's very obvious that Palpatine's been acting kind of like a mentor and a guide to Anakin. I mean, he did say he would keep an eye on his career, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been he, like... He, yeah, um, he congratulates Anakin on his job. Yeah, on getting his first solo mm-hmm. thing. And Anakin's like, I think a lot of it has to do with guidance from you. And Palpatine's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all you. And, you know, he kind of pushes Anakin to be like, you should be proud of yourself. You should also take this time to enjoy your time that you're going to be spending with Amidala. Yep. It'll be great. You know what? I think you're going to be one of the best Jedis ever. You're probably, you're already one of the best ones I ever met. Bud tossles his hair, gives him a lollipop, sends him on his way. <laughs> While this is happening, Obi-Wan confides in Yoda and, Win- and Mace Windu, also known as Nick Fury, mm-hmm. that he doesn't feel quite right about leaving Anakin alone to protect Padme. Yeah, he is pretty prideful. Like he's not. It's not just that he's prideful, but he's like, he has emotions for her, and Yoda mm-hmm. and Windu are like, eh, it's no problem. Yeah, and Yoda's like, pride's common for Jedis. It's become common. Yeah, it's yeah. become common for Jedis. And it's just like, and then they go, also, you know, he's supposed to bring balance to the Force. Yeah, the prophecy's correct, so it's all good. And then... The thing they were using to say no before last time. It's been 10 years, Justice. Things change. Mm-hmm. But then Amidala is packing to get ready to leave to go home to Naboo. And she decides to leave Jar Jar Binks behind. As her proxy. He is her proxy and has her voting power. Has her Senate powers. Yeah. Um, so while Amidala packs up to return to Naboo, Anakin goes on like a ridiculous, like, I'm an angry man, angry man rant. And like, honestly, it seems like he's in, he's a danger to like... Everyone around him? And himself. Yeah. Like, like, it starts because Amidala's upset that she has to hide. And Anakin's like, it won't be long now. Obi-Wan's on the case. And she's like, you've really grown up. And he's like, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with Obi-Wan. He, he has so much power and wisdom. And, you know, I have a lot of power and wisdom, too. He refuses and I'm to really fucking grown, grown up. up. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he's holding me back. He won't let me take the trials to become a Jedi Knight because I'm, quote, unquote, unpredictable. Can you believe that? Can you believe that he would say I'm unpredictable? Ah! Punches window, stabs Jar Jar, blows up building. Is that unpredictable? None of that happens, obviously. Uh... Amidala's just like, you know, mentors often see faults in us that we can't. And she's like, you know, you shouldn't grow up too fast. And he's like, I've already grown up. And then gives her, I'm all fuck you eyes. And we she's on bone. And, and then she's like, don't don't look at me like that. It he's makes like, me uncomfortable. He's like, why? And she's like, it's uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm not okay with this situation. Can I request a new Jedi, please? You know? Yeah, that's essentially how this scene plays out. Um, Obi-Wan then starts his investigation who the bounty hunter is. By going to a diner to ask about the dart that killed the would-be assassin. Um, he talks because he has a contact at this diner who apparently knows... Well, we do have a spot as Anakin and Amidala leave where they're just... Amidala's concerned for her double safety. She leaves her double behind but gives her Senate power to Jar Jar Binks, which is dumb. And Obi-Wan gives Anakin explicit directions to only do... Anything that the council says or he says. Anakin has no executive decision making. Basically, if Anakin wants to make a decision, he has to contact Obi-Wan or the council. Which is a little overbearing, but honestly, based on Anakin Skywalker, totally reasonable. And then as they're leaving, Obi-Wan's like, I'm so fucking concerned. And then the pilot from before is just like, I'd be more concerned about her doing something stupid. So it boils down to, we've sent the two people likely to make dumb fucking decisions off by themselves. I mean, they didn't send the three people that would make dumb decisions off by themselves. Jar Jar doesn't make dumb decisions. 
He doesn't have the thought process to make decisions. <laughs> Dumb things happen to Jar Jar. Dumb things happen and Jar Jar goes with it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... So then Obi-Wan is at a 60s styles diner in Star Wars. Yep. And he's interviewing... He's talking to one of the cooks at the diner because he's mm-hmm. apparently friends and this cook knows a shit ton about weapons for some reason. Strug. But apparently this dart is a Kamino saber dart. You can tell by the little notches on the side. Which analysis drones focus too much on symbols. Yeah, um, and the contact keeps referring to the people in Kamino as cloners. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's about 12 parsecs outside the inner, outer rim. It's not part of the Republic, though. And he's like, Obi-Wan asks like, what the Kaminoans are like. And uh, his contact's like, they're kind, if you depending have money, on your manners and, your and money. money. Yeah, but um, it's also in the scene that Obi-Wan mentions that the archives... Wasn't able to identify the saber mm-hmm. dart. And then we cut to Obi-Wan At in the, the archives. archives. And he and, can't find Kamino. And he, re- he talks to like one of the librarians in the archives. And she's like, well, if it's not in the system, it doesn't exist. Simple as that. Bad fucking reasoning. But okay. And then we're on a random ship. It's Amidala and Anakin. They're just talking. And Amidala's just like, it must be so hard to be a Jedi. You don't get to choose. Like, you have to follow all these strict things. And, um... Mm, you skipped some. Really, what did I skip? Um, Obi-Wan going to visit Yoda at Yoda's class? No, that's after this. Oh, I just didn't take notes on this because this scene is just more of Anakin giving fuck-me eyes to Padme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Padme. Because he's then just like, what really sucks is that you can't love who you want. She's just like, are Jedi even allowed to love? And he's like, well, Jedi are supposed to feel compassion and like well, compassion is like, like unconditional love he's right like, he's first like well jedi aren't allowed to have attachments but compassion that's a core tenement of being a jedi, jedi. and compassion compassion is basically just unconditional love right and then we got to obi-wan talking to yoda yeah about coming yeah, so, so obi-wan goes to visit yoda and yoda's training a class of youngling jedi I'm, i was just establishing that anakin fucking sucks yep and anakin's and yoda's training a class of youngling jedi He's using the same techniques that will be used to teach Luke Skywalker in later movies, mm-hmm. where the people don helmets that make them blind and then try to block blaster bolts from I a droid. I still feel like you could just wear a blindfold. Yep. Yoda uses the search for Kamino as a lesson for the class, because Kamino should be in this sector right over here, but nothing's there, yep. but you can still see the gravity pool where it's... Well, gravity is distorted by massive yep. amounts of mass. Yeah, and... Um, Yoda asks his class what could be the cause of that, and one of the young Jedi are, is like, somebody deleted it from the archives. To which Yoda responds, ah, the imagination of children. She's like, no, that's fucking obvious, man. Well, I think that this isn't a conclusion that, like, most of the council would reach, or, like, most of the other Jedi would reach, because they've, come, because they've been taught that, like, only... Because you're a Jedi, you could never... Because you were a Jedi, even if you're not now, you could have never have done something bad. Exactly. So... These younglings who haven't been indoctrinated so much... Yeah, I guess so. ...can come to that conclusion. Yeah, some like, Jedi had to have deleted the coming out from the archives because only a Jedi has access to them. Yep. But who? But who could it have been? I don't know. Maybe Count Dooku? Yeah. So then we see Amidala and Anakin arrive you know, on Naboo. You know, the only Jedi who we've been told used to be a Jedi but no longer is a Jedi. Yeah. So we see Anakin and Amidala arrive on Naboo. And she basically just goes on about how she's not sure she was ready to be queen. Because while she wasn't the youngest, she's still not sure she was ready. And then she served her two terms. And is happy she's done. And apparently, though, her people wanted to amend the rights to how long terms were so they could keep her on as queen. 
So apparently she's good at her job. Remember, people, queen is an elected position, but senator is an appointed position. Yeah. So apparently she was good at her job, but from what we saw in the first movie, she just refused to pay her taxes and caused a war. <laughs> it wasn't a full-blown war. It, it Sorry, was a she refused to pay her taxes and caused an invasion that apparently ended up with a lot of her people dying, if we are to believe everything um, Vice Roy, that was told. Viceroy Newt Gunray, if we're, if we're to believe him. I mean, he never said a lot of people were dying. He just had a senator tell her that. Yeah, but he also told the senator that yeah. a lot of people... Not, so not a senator, a governor. It was a governor. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Senators for have more power than governors. Governors on Naboo are, from the looks of it, advisors and very ornamental in nature. Yeah. So then we see her in a council chamber with the new queen of Naboo and the governors and the and the governor from the first episode and everything. And um, the old governor suggests that the Senate is not capable of handling the current situation in the Senate, especially given the fact that the viceroy that invaded them is still fucking viceroy of the Federation. Yeah, Newt Gunray, despite being brought up on charges in the Supreme Court three separate times, Mm -hmm. is still the head of the Trade Federation. So while they're all debating, this guy goes to ask Anakin his opinion. Hold on. More interesting to me, though, is they're arguing about whether or not the Republic should form an army. Yes. And Amidala's like, well, if we have an army, there's no chance that... The, these resistance will be folded back into the Republic because they'll see that as a sign of aggression and they won't want to come back into the Republic. However, does she th- She makes the case that if they don't have an army, they can make a case for peace and pull the resistance back into the Republic. How does that fucking make sense okay, when so thousands of she, solar she systems... She says that at like the very end of this to kind of shut Anakin up, no, which is what I was getting bef- to. It's before this. I, no, give me a moment. What I'm, before they're walking. What I'm about to say, which ties into this argument... But it, it ties into what you're saying. At the very end, basically shut Anakin up. She says, if we give up on peace, we give up on democracy. So, like, if we don't talk to them, we're giving up on peace, which gives up on democracy. That's what she fucking did. She was immediately like, oh, the Senate's taking too long. Let's just go fight people. And then espouses how much she loves democracy. Like, yeah, that's exactly what she did. She, she, she specifically told Palpatine that the Republic is broken um, good luck fixing everything. I gotta go fight some yeah. trade federation on my planet. And then here she's like, we can't fight because then we've given up on diplomacy. But she shouldn't have that opinion as a character. Because yeah. for her, the one time she gave up on diplomacy... It worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. So then this old governor tries to ask Anakin his opinion. He's like, Jedi Master. And, and immediately I'm just like, he's not a Jedi Master. His opinion doesn't matter. Well, she's not like his opinion doesn't matter. She... He, and he doesn't call him a Jedi Master. He's like, Jedi, Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight, what is your opinion on the matter? And she's like, he's not actually a Jedi Knight. He's still a Padawan. Yeah. She's just correcting him because in, no. the, in, in, this, in this room of politics, station matters. Yeah. And then when Anakin then tries to answer anyways, she cuts him off. She does not allow Anakin to answer. And Anakin Because he's upset. not trying to answer. He's, trying to, he's not trying to answer this guy who's like, what, what is your no, opinion? No, no. He tries to offer his opinion and she cuts him off. No, because he keeps going Padme. He keeps trying to talk to Padme. And he's like, he keeps pointing his response at her. He's not trying to answer the guy's question. And then we go to Obi-Wan, who arrives at Kamino. Yes. Which is a water-covered planet with just, like, a building outside. And a continuous rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And Kamino is right where he thought it should be. And somehow he landed on a dock that is right where the Prime Minister of Kamino lives. Yep. Um, he meets a tall, spindly white alien who was expecting a Jedi. A, Kami- uh, a Kaminoan? A Kaminoan? Mm-hmm. 
And they're just like, everything's right on schedule. The 200,000 units that you've ordered are on their way, and we're making more. And the Kaminoan is like, we thought we, we had thought that you, since you hadn't been here in the last couple of years, that you might have, um, like, forgotten about this or, like... Lost interest in the project, something yeah. like that. Um, and they yeah. mentioned that... Um, they mentioned the master who the Jedi master who ordered it on Sifo Dias because the Senate asked him to, and Obi Wan's just like, but he dead. Also, the Camino Prime Minister is named Lama Su. Mm-hmm. But Obi Wan's like, but but Daphos is dead. He yeah. dead and has Dias is dead and has been dead for like ten years. Yeah. So what exactly? So the Camino Prime Minister explains, oh, those two hundred thousand units, those are two hundred thousand clones for your clone army that you ordered. Yeah. Um. But they they weren't aware that Sifo Dias was dead, yeah. and um, but it's all good. You still want the the army, right? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, sure. yeah. That's why I'm here. I'm still here to check up on it. Yeah. Um. So then we cut to Naboo, where Padme and Anakin are bonding. Padme reflecting on her childhood. And They're like, talking about meaningless stuff. Yeah. Um. And Anakin gets up until more... she mentions sand, and then Anakin gets triggered by the word sand. And then, like, after he gets triggered about sand he has more like creepy lines that are supposed to build romantic tension oh yeah he's like sand is rough and coarse not like unlike this planet where everything is soft and smooth and beautiful and like runs his hand across her arm Mm -hmm. and they do kiss here but jesus it's so weird yeah i know and then she stops it which there's a good moment with the score here which is always fantastic so during this scene music starts to swell and as they kiss it swells up and up and up and then she cuts it off the music just immediately cuts yeah nope um, then and, ba- and she's just like wishing to do that, and then Anakin apologizes. Yep. And then back on Camino, Obi learn Obi Wan learns that the basis for the clones is a former bounty hunter named Jango Fett, and he requests to meet with Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learn that Jango Fett, as part of his payment, requested to have an unaltered clone as part of his payment. Um, this yeah. is important for those for those people who breaking kayfabe here are familiar with the first trilogy, where there is a bounty hunter named Baba Fett who is. The unaltered clone of Django. Yeah. Uh, we also see here some of the clones getting on a ship. Because We're- for some goddamn reason, everything from the original trilogy has to tie back to the first trilogy. Yeah. Well, we, the- we can't just close. have something not. Like, we, Bo- ha- we can't have someone... can't just be a bounty hunter. Yeah, we can't just have someone, like, be involved because they themselves had their own personal motivations to be involved. Whether that motivation was money or some other random bullshit. We then get the reveal of the army... Decked out in their white armor and doing combat drills. Yep, and we see them marching into our ship. Marching drills, less than combat drills. And then we're back to Amidala and Anakin. And they're just chilling in a field that is surrounded in very large portions by waterfalls. And they're talking about Amidala's past romances. And it turns out one of them went to like a youth leadership with her. Well, they're not chilling in the field. They're actually out there having a picnic. You can see behind them there's a picnic. Picnics equal chilling. They're chilling in a field. Like picnics I, are I chilling. I think chilling in a field could just like be like hanging out in a field like because you have nothing better to do. Picnics in a field are planned romantic outings. I mean, I guess they don't have to be romantic. You can picnic with a bro, whatever. No, you can't. You can picnic with a bro. Don't force your heteronormative ideas on me. Picnicking doesn't have to be romantic. Anyways, though, the conversation turns about how Anakin doesn't like politicians. And she and Amadala's just like, well, democracy's right, basically. And Anakin's just like, I think one person, one person should be in charge. No, he's like, 
People, should be, you should have representatives. And everyone talk, should agree. Talk about what the problems are, come to a conclusion, and then enact the change needed to make that conclusion. And, and, she's, and like, she's like, that's what democracy does. She's like, she's, it doesn't work. She's like, that's exactly what the Senate does, man. He's like, it doesn't work. One person needs to know, needs to be able to tell them what's right. And she's like, so, a dictatorship? And he's just like, yeah. And they sit there for a moment. And she's like, ha, 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 you're so funny. You must be joking. And he's like, yeah, totally, sure. Yep. And then they roll around, and she ends up on top, and they're in the kiss me position. Um, no, as, that's later. My bad. Sorry. As my notes say, they faff about. My, my bad, yeah. that's Assumedly meant to further some romance between them, and then we're back on Camino. Sorry, the kissy thing is later. Later. Um, yeah. yeah. We're back on Camino. We see a big flappy man array flying through the skies. It never comes up. It looked vaguely neat. Wish it had come up. It looks like somebody was riding on it, too, which was like had my attention. Yeah. But So Obi-Wan meets Django and Django's son, Boba Fett. Yep. And Obi-Wan starts questioning Django about any recent trips to Coruscant. Because Django apparently just came back from somewhere. Despite yeah. we were told that Django stays here, mm-hmm. and like the way they said it, he asked if Django wasn't even like he stays here. Yeah. Which it, like the way they said it implied that like he doesn't leave. Yep. Um. So talking to Django, Django admits that he's been to Coruscant a couple times, and he's like, "Oh, how recently?" And Django's like, "Kind of recent." And Boba's sorry. And then Obi Wan continues grilling him. But the only useful information we get out of this is Django claims he was recruited for this project by a man named by a man named. Tyrannus. On the moon of Bogdan. Mm-hmm. And, um... That sounds familiar. Why do why does Bogdan sound familiar? No, I'm not thinking Star Wars stuff, but it does sound familiar to me. But we also have a point where we see Django talk to Boba in a different language, and we see Boba close the door, and in it we do see armor that seems to match up kind of with what the shadowy bounty hunter guy was wearing. And also Boba Fett armor. Yeah, but I'm referring to this episode. I'm not breaking kayfabe at the moment. Also, Boba refers to Django as dad. Mm-hmm. And then Django says, it's always a pleasure to meet Jedi. Obi-Wan exits the room. And then Django turns to Boba Fett and is like, pack your bags. We're leaving. Yep. Cut back to Anakin and Padme. Um, Anakin's just sharing an anecdote about his Jedi times. And Amidala's laughing. And they're sitting at like a dinner table. And it looks like they're just eating a yam. I thought it was a pear. But yeah, kind of. Yeah. And Anakin's using the force to pass pieces to her as i noted obi-wan would be so upset as a parlor trick to share fruit with padme and obi-wan would be so upset but let's face it if you had the force powers you'd be using them as parlor tricks every day of your fucking life yes but i wouldn't be a jedi either yeah and then there i I would specifically do jedi training until it became inconvenient yeah you'd basically just be a revenant like any smart person like a great jedi all the way so then they're in a bed chamber yeah they were on a couch in this room, in this really darkly lit room, it's lit by firelight. Yeah, and Anakin's confessing his feelings for Padme. Yeah, he's always thinking about her, and, and then it's he feels really, very it's, strongly. This for is her. not the first time he's confessed his feelings for her, he's but like, this is like over the top and super heavy. Like this is cringe amounts of like heavy, which is like, well, he's not just like I love you. He's like, I, I mean, hurt being near you because I can't be with you. I'm in constant pain. It's torture. And if you feel in pain and tortured too, you should tell me so that we can be together. And she's like, we can't. It's not possible. You're becoming a Jedi. I'm a senator. No matter how we feel, we can't be in a relationship. And he's like, how we feel. And it's like, you feel something too? And she's like, yeah, but I'm not going to fucking give into emotion. I'm like bigger than this. And he gets up to walk out of the room and he turns around. He's like, but we could keep it a secret. You know? No, that would be worse. He's like, yeah, I guess it would destroy us. And that's the end of their conversation. Yeah, he's like, we could keep it a secret. And she's like, 
but it would destroy us. That like we couldn't live a life yeah, like that. And he's like, I guess. And so. he's like, Oh yeah, you passed the test. But it wasn't a test. He like he the way he like the way he responds mm-hmm. to it. He's like, Yeah, you're right. This I, I knew we couldn't do that. I was just joking. But like, nah, he wasn't joking. Yeah. So now we're back to Kamiya. Where Obi-Wan is being shown out of the facility? Well, first he's being shown that the 1st Battalion is ready, and that if they need more trips, it'll take a bit longer to grow. Yep. Um, and then outside of the Kamino facility, at his starship, but standing outside in the rain, Obi-Wan calls back to Yoda and Mace, mm-hmm. and tells them what happened and what he's learned here. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan says that he believed Sifo Dias was dead before he could place the order that mm-hmm. he was told it was placed. Um, and Yoda and Mace Windu kind of, like, agree and then and he asks and then obi-wan asks if the senate ever like said anything about an army and there's like nah yep and then the council orders obi-wan to capture Django because obi-wan believes Django is the bounty hunter in question yeah and responsible for the assassination attempts they want to capture Django for questioning so let me go back to anakin who's just having a nightmare about his mom and then we cut mm, to no there's a scene right before this where because after we cut away from obi-wan talking to Mace Windu and Yoda. We cut to Mace Windu and Yoda talking. And Mace Windu and Yoda, Mace, Mace Windu tells Yoda that he believes it's time to tell the Senate that the Jedi's ability to use the Force is diminished. Oh. And Yoda's like, yeah, but then other people other than the Sith will know that our power is weakened. We can't let them know we're okay, weaker. Yeah. And then we cut to Anakin talking about nightmares and his mother. And- yeah, he has a nightmare. And then it's Amidala and Anakin in the morning talking about his nightmares. And he's just like, my mother's in pain and suffering. I have to go check on her despite my orders. And she's just like... I'll go with you. Thus, you're still protecting me, following your orders. Yep. Obi-Wan goes to stop Jango from leaving um, the Camino Institute. Yeah. Uh, Bubba gets on the ship when Jango orders him to. And then a fight between Jango and Obi-Wan ensues. Jango having his myriad of bounty hunting gear and Jet Obi-Wan. Pack, grappling hook. Obi-Wan having a, uh, his force and his lightsaber. But they both quickly get disarmed of their primary weapons. And at that point, it becomes a fist fight with some Do cool- they get disarmed to their primary weapons? Because if Obi-Wan's weapons are the Force and his lightsaber, I would argue the Force is his primary weapon. Mm. So his Jango- lightsaber is his primary weapon. He barely uses the Force in combat. I mean, yeah, I guess. But I, force, I would- is, force is like a secondary ability for Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's bad Jedi. Yes. Yeah. But also, Obi-Wan's literally a bad Jedi. In Legends, he has a wife. Yeah. It's bad. And potentially a child. Yeah. So Django ends up like wrapping him up with the grappling hook. And I keep trying to figure out if in the Legends material, Obi-Wan has a child, potentially, that definitely has a wife, before or after Anakin's I have fall. no idea, man. Like, does he have a wife after he stops being like a Jedi Jedi? Or does he like have a wife sometime between, sometime during Clone Wars and like... Before Revenge. before or after Order 66. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about the... So Django gets him with the grappling hook, and they struggle like that, and he eventually knocks Django over the edge of the platform and gets dragged down with him. After yeah. a moment, like, oh, shit. And then, Django manages to pop out Batman arm blades. And catch and, himself before falling, mm-hmm. sliding all the way off the, the platform. But Obi-Wan goes over the edge. And is hanging by the grappling hook cable. Well, then, actually, I think it's called an ascension hook. Nope. And then Bubba cuts it. Obi-Wan lands on something, like the cable catches on something. Well, and no, then The cable doesn't catch on something. Um, Obi-Wan, as he falls, pulls it into him and then uses the force to throw it and hook it on something. Okay. It's like It like hits the thing, and it should just like bounce off, but then it stakes itself into the thing. I got you. Definite force. Thing. Then he uses it to swing himself back onto the building and inside. And yeah, he goes inside from a lower floor. 
And by the time he manages to get back to the landing pad where Django and Boba are... They're just managing to take off. And he throws some type of device. I, I said probably a tracker, which Same. obviously it is. And that's the end of the scene. So then we see a Nabooan ship land on Tatooine. And we see Amidala and Anakin get off to go find Watto. And they have R2 with them, right? No, they tell R2 to stay on the ship, my bad. Yeah. So then we see Anakin find Watto, and Watto doesn't recognize him. Anakin fixes a robot, and then eventually Watto's like, and then Watto's like, oh shit, this guy's asking about Shmi Skywalker, and just fixed a robot. Little Annie! And then tries to talk Anakin into beating up some guys who owe him money, because Anakin's a big black Jedi now. Yeah. And Anakin's just like, fuck you, with my mom. Yeah, but he's like, I sold her a couple years ago to a man named Lars. He, this guy apparently freed her. And married her? Like, what the fuck? Can you imagine <laughs> that? Buying a slave to marry her? What if a loser does that? And honestly, Watto's not wrong. This implies Lars couldn't, like, find a, like, a woman that was willing to date him. So he bought a wife. Yeah, have you never heard of uh, Tatooine Mail Order Bride? Um, I mean, he did free her, so I guess she had a choice if she wanted to marry him. But anyways, um... We then cut to Django and Boba, who notice they're being tracked, mm-hmm. um, because Obi Wan just doesn't just disengaged. His ship has like this outer portion that is made that is used to like allow it to enter like intergalactic flight. Hyperdrive. And then the sh- the ship's main body detaches from that when it's near a planet, so it can go into atmosphere. It's really cool. But um, it's really stupid because... And we don't really see it again, which is sad. A bunch of other ships throughout this series have no problem going between... Yeah. So when they recognize that, Django says, we'll give him something more to deal with in the asteroid field. To which Boba... Boba's child actor is worse, in my opinion, than the Anakin child actor. Than Jake Lloyd. Than Jake Lloyd. And Anakin's... I mean, Anakin's... Boba's response to this is... is Basically delivered just like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was a pretty good impression. But so they dump, they dump into the asteroid field and they start dropping seismic charges behind them. You know, to destroy some asteroids and create debris. Well, I think they're hoping that it just blows up Obi Wan. Well, I mean, it's twofold. It just blows him up, or it creates debris to hit his ship and fuck with him yeah. and make it harder to find them. So, but they, they eventually dump, jump through a giant asteroid. Mm-hmm. And Obi Wan follows them through there, but as they ca- as um, Django comes out, he swerves up and like behind the asteroid. So when Obi Wan comes out, Django is now behind him, and they open fire on Obi Wan's ship. Yeah, they finally manage to hit him because they hadn't hit him with anything before this. And once they do that, they then shoot a homing missile at him, which he eventually bl- stops by equivocally just dropping flak. Yeah, he uses the spare parts on his ship to create a flak shield. While he ducks inside of an asteroid. And thus the Fets think they murdered him. Yep. He he blocks the missile, fakes his death, and the Fets are like, we did it. Pog champ us. So they go down to the planet and land, and Obi-Wan follows. And he's just like, man, that's a large amount of Federation ships. Mm-hmm. And then it's back to Amidala and Anakin. On a moisture farm. Yep. Anakin and Padme find C-3PO. And he's just like, we should go inside and talk. But you remember CP3PO from the previous episode is the robot Anakin was making for his mother, Shmi. And yeah, C3PO takes them inside. Um, they meet um, Kleeglars, Lars, and Beiru. Kleeglars, Owen Lars, and Beiru. Um, Kleeglars is um, Shmi's husband. Owen Lars is 
Anakin's stepbrother. And Beiru is Anakin's stepbrother's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Shmi's not there. Some uh, Tusken Raiders kind of kidnapped her when she was out and getting mushrooms about a month ago. Yep, and the Kleeg and 29 other men went to free her from the Tusken Raiders. Only four came back, and Kleeg is missing a leg now. Yep. Um, but Anakin decides that he's going to go after her, and he tells Padme to stay with the Larses and head off, and, and he jumps on a speeder bike and heads off. Yeah. So then we're back to Obi-Wan. He's sneaking into this building. Hold it's- on. As he drives off on the speeder bike, John Williams decides that it's time to make a hella good score, and, like, music fucking picks. Yeah. It's so good here. Anyway, yeah, then Obi-Wan, sorry. So then Obi-Wan sneaks into this place. We don't really see it from the outside. It's just like rocks. Inside, there's very little light. It feels very cathedral-esque, and when we look down, it appears to be a droid factory. Yep. And then we hear Christopher Lee calling the, Fed- the Trade Federation. Well, the Trade Federation viceroys are there with him. Yeah. Um, and they're at, like, a large council table. And They're walking to the council table. Oh, yeah. They're, they're on their way to the meeting. And Christopher Lee, also in this, I should point out, he is Count Dooku. He's like, we can expect 10,000 more systems to join. And um, we will have the biggest army in the galaxy. The Republic will cave to our demands. And Trade Federation's um, Viceroy Newt Gunray is like, yes, but you're not going to get us or any of our droids until I get that Nabooian senator's head on my desk. Yeah. So then basically after that, we cut back to Anakin. And he finds the Tusken Raider camp. And using the cover of night, he cuts open a tent. To find a brutalized but still alive Shmi Skywalker. So, do you think he used the Force to find Shmi, or do you think he just got insanely lucky? Because the way the movie shows it, I think he just got insanely lucky. Yeah, he kind of just drives in a straight line. Obviously not a straight line, but like a straight line on the screen. I mean, when he gets to the Raider camp. I mean, even just getting to the Raider camp. He's like... There's more than one Tusken Raider camp. It's the first tent he cuts his way into. Yeah. Yep. But he finds a brutalized but still alive Shmi Skywalker. She's happy to see him. She's proud of him. She thinks he's handsome. He's all grown up. And um, now she's okay to die. Yeah, she tries to tell him she loves him, but she dies in his arms. Mm-hmm, before she can say it. So uh, he freaks out and murders all the Tusken Raiders. Well, yeah, she dies. He gets angry face. Tense music starts playing. And then he decapitates a whole bunch of Tusken Raiders. Yeah. So then we got to Yoda. And, and, and Tusken wives. And, and Tusken, Tusken children, children. And Tusken dogs. And Tusken old men. And then we cut to Yoda, and we hear Qui-Gon over it, saying Anakin's name repeatedly, and then we hear, no! And then Fury comes in, and yep. Yoda's just like, I feel pain and By suffering. Fury, he means Mace Windu. Yeah. And Yoda's just like, I feel pain and suffering and death. Something bad has happened. Anakin is in terrible pain. Yeah. Um... Obi-Wan, meanwhile, is trying to contact the council, but he's out of range of Coruscant. So she's like, I got it. I'll just send a message to Anakin on Naboo, and he can send it on. And then he realizes Anakin isn't on Naboo, but eventually, because he knows Anakin's ship's locator number, finds Anakin's ship on Tatooine. And he's like, the fuck are you doing on Tatooine? You're supposed to be on Naboo. Uh-huh. Then he's like, well, whatever, and calls the ship and asks that they resend his message to the council on Coruscant. Yeah. Unfortunately, the only person, quote-unquote person, on Anakin's ship is R2-D2. But we see that R2 gets the message, and then we cut back to Anakin returning with his mom's body. They take it inside in this, like, tense, silent scene. And then we see him in, like, some room in the Lars household working on a robot when Amidala comes in to bring him food. And Anakin's just, like, upset. He's like, 
Yeah, he, it was so much better and simpler when I was just fixing shit. Shit but, is easy to fix. But he's like, I'm fixing things because I can't focus on my emotions right now because mm-hmm. fixing things lets me focus not on stuff. Yeah. And he's really upset about like his mother dying and about his inability to save her. He's like, why couldn't I fix her? I, I can fix anything, but I couldn't fix her. And I was just like, you're not all powerful. And he's just like, I should be. I will be. I will learn to prevent death. I'll be the strongest Jedi ever. Yeah. And this is all Obi-Wan's fault. Obi-Wan's just jealous of me. It's mm-hmm. all his fault. I don't even understand this line of thinking, but yeah, that's where he goes. Um, it's Obi-Wan's fault because Obi-Wan's been holding him back. He could be more powerful if it wasn't for Obi-Wan. Um, if he was more powerful, he would have been able to save his mother because she was still alive but close to dying. But if he had been powerful enough, he could have saved her from dying. Yeah, and so Padme interrupts this like line of thinking. and She's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I killed them. I killed all of them. The women, the children, the dogs, the old men, everything. They were animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. And then we get a cool musical cue here, if you're familiar with the franchise, because we get a cue. in the music that's going on here, we get like this reference to Darth Vader's march. Mm-hmm. The Imperial March? Well, there's a difference between Vader's theme yeah, and Yeah, but Imperial it's Vader's march. theme and it's the Imperial March. There's a, there's a, there's a difference, but... I, I know, but I'm saying it's not Vader's march, it's Vader's theme. Yeah. And so. then it's the Imperial March. Um, and he tells Padme that he knows he's better than this, that he like he knows better than to just murder wantonly and so on. And she's like, yeah, but it's okay to be angry. Being angry is human. He's like, I am better than that. Okay, again, I want to I wanna hold up and try to justify Padme, justify Padme here. She's like, can't build an army to defend ourselves or try to hold the Republic together, but you can slaughter children and women wantonly even though they had nothing to do They're with animal. the capture of your just mother. They're animals. That's why it's fine. She's just like, mm, it's okay to kill children if you're really angry. If you're really upset, you can kill innocent people, Anakin. It's yeah. fine. But Anakin says he's better than being angry because he's a Jedi, and Jedis are beyond that. Yep. So we get then get a funeral scene for Shmi. Yeah. And Anakin like kneels down at her tombstone, is like, I'll 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 never fail again. Is basically the sentiment. I'll never not be strong enough again. Yeah. Any anytime. Somebody needs me, I will be strong enough. And then R2 shows up with a message. And yeah, then they R- go all the way back to the ship to check the message. R2 interrupts the funeral. Yeah, he's like, hey, beep boops, I'm here. So we see them sending the message forward to the council. And we see both the council and Anakin and Amidala seeing it. And at the end of the message, we heard most of the message earlier. It was mm-hmm. Obi-Wan being like, hey, I'm on this planet. Found the bounty hunter. There's Dooku. There's a bunch of the Confederate people gathering together. The There's bounty hunters army. here. Um, and at the end of the message, he gets kidnapped. Yeah. Taken hostage. And so Fury or Mace Windu is just like, Anakin, we will handle this. You go back to Naboo with Amidala, protect her, keep her safe. Your job is to protect the senator. No. Um, he says, stay where you are. Oh, he says, stay where you are. Your job is to protect the senator. Yes. Um, so the council then shares the information that they received about Obi-Wan um, with with Supreme Chancellor Palpatine and his staff. Well, actually, there's more there. Mm, sorry, what's up? Yeah. So, Anakin is fine with what doing what the Council says because he's like back on the I'm gonna be a Jedi. I'm gonna do what Jedi things say because I don't want to feel emotions at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Amidala is upset that he's going to do what they say. So she's like, "Fine, I'll go to save him. Your job is to protect me. So you'll just have to come with me." Yep. Then the Council shares the information that they received with. Um, from Obi-Wan and Chancellor Palpatine. They share that information with Chancellor Palpatine and his staff. 
and Chancellor Palpatine and his staff talk, start talking about how they need to enact emergency powers. But the Senate won't. The Senate won't pass a clone army. Yeah. soon so they have to ratify so they have to have the emergency power so they can ratify the clone army as soon as possible and they're doing this all like to put pressure on Jar Jar who is the only senator present in the room yeah they're like senator. too bad Amidala is not here if only she was and then it focuses to Jar Jar and he's just like looks left looks right appears to have it dawn on him if only Amadella was here because you know she spent the last several years fighting against the creation of an army for the republic she would definitely vote to give emergency powers to the chancellor so he could create an army for the Republic mm-hmm. because that's exactly what she's been fighting for this entire time. And then we cut and we see Saruman walk into a cell where Obi-Wan is suspended in air by sci-fi stuff. Count Dooku. Saruman. So Dooku says that Obi-Wan's capture was too far and it was a mistake and he'll uh, petition everyone for his release. And we learn that Qui-Gon was originally Dooku's apprentice. Yes. And then Dooku proceeds to tell Obi-Wan all of the truth about everything. He tells him that the Senate is being controlled by Darth Sidious, and that ten years ago he was working with the Trade Federation. Darth Sidious was working with the Trade Federation. But um, that Darth Sidious abandoned them when it came apparent that they were going to lose the conflict on Naboo. And that's why the Trade Federation came to um, Dooku in the first place, is because they were betrayed by Sidious. Um, he asks Obi-Wan to join him so that they can stop the Sith from controlling the Senate because the Jedi Council is currently being blinded by the darkness that is so close to them. Yes. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't believe you. Fuck you. I'm not working with you ever. Yeah. And then Dooku's like, it might be harder to get your release. And then leaves. Yep. So then we cut to Coruscant and we're walking through some hallways. Well, following some people through some hallways. And we hear Jar Jar talking to the Senate. And he moves to give the Supreme Chancellor emergency powers. So Palpatine accepts, albeit reluctantly. And he promises to relinquish the power when the crisis has passed. Yeah, because he's like, I love democracy. I hate to see it tainted, but you can be certain I'll lay down these powers when the time comes. And then we slide to Mace Windu and Yoda, who are present for the Senate meeting. Mm -hmm. And they're discussing their future actions in light of Palpatine being given emergency powers. And that his first order was to enact the army. Yep, so Mace Windu is going to take the Jedi that remain on the Coruscant to Genosis to free Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And Yoda plans to head to Kamino to check on the clone army that they are making for the Republic. Yeah, Yoda also didn't seem very happy about any of this. Whereas Mace was just like, it's all good. And Yoda was like, hmm. Yep, we cut back to Anakin and Padme as they arrive on Genosis. And as they're going to attempt to make their effort to free Obi-Wan, Padme and Anakin enter the droid manufacturing center. Which, at this point, they don't realize is a droid manufacturing center. It's just a bunch of long halls. Yeah. We also see R2 and 3PO banter in the background and then head in after them. Yep. In these long halls, they're attacked by giant bug-like people. Parademons. Um, Genosians, I believe. But, yeah. Um, Padme falls down a conveyor belt, and Anakin follows her. Yeah. So, then Padme is just running through these machines in classic, basically, video game on Monica Banger Belt style. But she eventually falls into a crucible and it, as it moves they be refilled with molten metal so mm-hmm. that they can make droids. And all the while Anakin is battling these parademons as I will refer to them and with his lightsaber and cutting up machine parts and he has the forethought oh I can step off of conveyor belt. And the whole time this is going on C-3PO literally loses his head is put on a droid body, and his body gets a droid head. Yeah, we get and so multiple on and so forth injured then. cuts of, haha, humorous thing happened to a robot. And then R2 saves the day by rescuing Padme by by hacking... Splicing. Splicing, thank you. 
Is that the right term? They splice things. They're splicers. I don't think that's right. Hackers are splicers in Star Wars. I don't think that's the right terminology. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, the right terminology does not matter. Um, it's hacking or splicing or hijacking, whatever you want to call it. R2 interfaces with the computer and makes it drop the crucible that's holding Padme so that she can escape. Sorry, slicing. Slicing. Not, no P. Anakin gets his arm caught in some metal and is stuck on the conveyor belt, but eventually gets free. Yeah, his arm is trapped by a mold. Mm-hmm. And he has to, like, lay on the conveyor belt and dodge machinery. and like, Dodge some really, like, inconvenient guillotine blades because they're all coming down at an angle. You're not going to be cutting your metal perfectly. Also, to get all the way across, you would have to be cutting into the conveyor belt when really your guillotine should be coming straight down, not be on an activated lever arm down. Yeah, he uses that guillotine arm to, to cut himself out of the mold, but it happens to also cut through part of his lightsaber. And he's just like, Obi-Wan's going to yell at me again. Both him and Padme are then captured by Jango Fett and the Genosians. Genosians? And more battle droids. Yep. Imprisoned and with the possibility of death ahead of them, Padme admits to Anakin that she loves him. They're sitting here getting ready to... He's just like, aren't we supposed to be refusing that? Like, that we don't love each other. We we agreed we will say we don't love each other. He's a complete dick here. She's like, you know, we're we're probably going to die, and I don't want you to die not, not thinking I loved you. So I love you, and I'm sorry... And he's like, yeah, but everything you said before, I thought we, I thought we couldn't love each other. I thought we could, we would have to pretend, and that would destroy us, and so on and so. And she's like, whatever, we're about to die anyways. We're about to be destroyed. He takes all of her words that she said previously, and is like, how's that pie? How's that humble pie? You want to eat that shit? Fuck you. He's, he's a dick. Anakin's a dick. Yeah. So he's, a, he's an immature dick. They're basically on a chariot that's pulled into the uh, Coliseum, and we see Obi Wan tied to a massive column. But as they're driven out into the stadium, they do kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're pulled off of their chariot. We see Amidala, or Padme, fumble around in her belt, pull out something, assumedly a lockpick. Her, yeah. her name is Padme Amidala. Yeah. They are both adhered, and they are both adhered to their own columns via chains. Chains and handcuffs. They're connected to their own columns. There's four columns and three prisoners, but it's execution time. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan sasses Anakin about his message. He's like, yeah, I was starting to wonder if you got my message. And Anakin's like, we sent it forward to the council. But Don't worry. And now we're here to rescue you. And everyone's like, oh, great job on that. And then Do- then Count Dooku, Viceroy Gunray, and the, Geno- and the Genosian leader all come out onto the like main dais above this arena. Dais above the arena? I thought it was just a balcony. Yeah, okay. And, and start execution. And the execution involves a bunch, of mon- a bunch of wild big monsters being released and corralled into the prison mm-hmm. to execute these people. We quickly just have a... Giant praying mantis, a, a space rhino, and a space tiger. I, I called it a rhino dino, but yeah. And then giant space tiger, yeah. Padme manages to undo one of her cuffs and then climbs to the top of her pillar. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan uses the monster, which the praying mantis monster attacks him, mm-hmm. to break his cha- the chain on his cuffs. And so his Anakin, hands are still cuffed together, but yeah. he's no longer chained to the pillar. And Anakin does a front flip up. And lands on rhino dino. And wraps his chain around the horn to break his chain from the mount he still has the entire chain trailing mm-hmm. on him though and it breaks down into obi-wan versus giant praying mantis anakin versus rhino amidala versus space tiger yep um Gwygon eventually acquires a spear from one of the dead guards mm-hmm. because that space tiger gave zero fucks when it came out of its cage it was like i want to murder everybody yeah anakin uses the force to quickly tame his rhino so he can ride it well, he uses the force, but he also wraps the chain around its neck so he can kind of control it. Yeah, he uses 
the force to tame it so he can ride it, and then he uses the chain to guide it. Yep. Amidala knocks her space dagger down off her column, which she has climbed to the top, too. She does this, like, she jumps off the pillar and uses the chain to create a pendulum mm-hmm. and swings and kicks the tiger in the chest. And then she kind of, like, crawls back up to the top of the pillar. Yep. And as the tiger's getting back to its feet, Anakin runs it over with the rhino dino, pretty and much murdering it. Has Amidala jump down onto it. Then we see Obi-Wan spear his mantis, and he also joins on the back of the rhino. Yep. This would this is a brilliant strategy, except for the fact that um, Droidicus. Yeah. Also, the Viceroy is just upset. He's just like, they can't do this. This isn't allowed. And Dooku's just like, give it a fucking moment. Yeah. He's like, they can't do this. Like you said, they can't do this. This isn't allowed. And then he turns to Jango and he's like, get down there and kill them. Oh, yeah. and, and then Dooku's like, nah, hold on. And that's when the Droidica all roll out. And then we see a shot from behind the people on the balcony. And we see a purple lightsaber. And it's Mace Windu, and he's like, well, you guys are fucked. And Dooku's like, it doesn't matter. You're vastly outnumbered. And then we see more Jedi appear in the crowd. Yeah, and then Jedi. Suddenly Jedi. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Mace Windu's just like, we'll see. But then the stadium is flooded by droids, mm-hmm. including the droid with the 3PO head and the 3PO body with the droid head. Yeah, so we're going to have more humor throughout this fight scene. Yep. And Obi-Wan and Anakin get some new sabers tossed to them by some Jedi. Yep, and while this is all going on, um, Boba's, Boba Fett's sitting high up in the, in the stands watching the fight. Mm-hmm. And Jango eventually joins the fight after stopping a Jedi from getting anywhere near Dooku, like just straight up yeah. murdering a Jedi. Yeah, he throws a Jedi down in the pit and then gets knocked down himself. Well, he doesn't get knocked down, he jumps down. off because there's droidicas now to protect okay. Dooku. He, there's not just droidicas, there's also this new type of droid, which... I think he referred to as thick boys. I do, because normal droidicas are best boys, and then the... N- normal droids aren't droidicas. Droidicas are specifically oh, yeah, battle droids. droids. Normal droids are best boys. Droidicas are Bakugan droids, and then these new droids are thick boys. The normal droids are best boys because they're hilarious and they have great dialogue. They're the, like, other than Duel of Fates, the second best part of episode one. Yep. Anakin um, and Amidala are kind of running around down here going crazy she is piloting basically the chariot that came out on shooting droids and anakin is just swinging that lightsaber from the back of it and the rhino dino that they were riding earlier is just free to run wherever it wants mm-hmm. and where it wants to run is right over jango fett as he lands mm-hmm. in this in the arena yeah so jango fett gets trampled by the, this giant space rhino and then when he gets up, he faces off with Mace Windu. And um, really, it's less of a face-off and more of a head-off. Because yeah. this fight lasts like three seconds, and Mace Windu chops off Jango Fett's head. And Boa Fett gets to see the whole thing happen. Yeah. And then we get some more bot humor. And eventually, R2 pulls 3PO's head off the droid body and welds it back onto 3PO's own body. Yeah, and right, right before R2-D2 repair C-3PO... Obi-Wan uses his lightsaber to murder the Big Mantis. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, while all this fighting is happening, the Jedi get to do cool stuff, but they keep getting like pushed towards the center of the arena. Yeah, they are being corralled. And eventually they're just surrounded by droids and droidicas mm-hmm. and thick boys. and Yeah, and then Dooku halts the droids to deliver a speech. He's right. talking about how this was so well done on Miss Windu's part. He deserves to go down in the history of the Jedi but now he should surrender or die. And Mace Windu's like, nope, not going to surrender. And then Mace Windu gets lucky because just right after he turns down the surrender option, Yoda shows up with the clone army. 
And the droids get fucked up by the fighter ships that Yoda brought and the transport ships and all the massive reinforcements. The Jedi's are quickly rescued and the Republic's clone army scatters as mm-hmm. they exit the arena, quickly regroup outside of the arena. And uh, then the only people left in the arena are R2 and 3PO. And then Bubba walks out to pick up his father's helmet, which definitely still fucking has his father's head in it. Yep. So the Republic ships were scattering, but they come back together because they come to the conclusion they can't let Dooku escape or they're going to be dealing with the same problem. Yeah, he'll just rally more planets to his cause. Yep. So the Jedi, who were very adamant that they weren't soldiers and they wouldn't fight a war for the Republic, are now the... Generals of a clone army. Yep. Which is now regrouped and is now facing off against mechs. It's a giant CGI battle. It's pretty good for 2002. Yep, the Trade Federation decides that they need to, that they need a run and they need to get out of here, so they hop on a ship and fly off. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens to them because we don't know if their ship gets blown up or not. But yeah, well, they, well, they decide to run off. The head of the Genosian head hands over a plan for the starship. Sorry, for, for the for the for their super weapon for their super weapon, which <clears throat> Death Star. And you actually brought up a good point, and I was thinking of it a little bit more after we talked about it. This Death Star plan that they have had details drawn into it and looked fairly detailed and like planned out. And is like 19 to 20 years before the Death Star, like, well, probably like 15 to 15 years or so before the Death Star ever starts construction. Mm-hmm. And we know in Rogue One that what's her name's father is like partially responsible for the design and is constantly pushing things back. Yeah, so I don't know how this makes sense. I don't know how they retconned this. It, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. But I think we just ignores, like, no one's going to fucking remember this tiny thing from the pre-sequels. Yeah, so the head of the Genosians hands over the plans to Dooku, so Dooku can take it to Sidious for safekeeping. Dooku also then is like, I'm also going to nope out, but I'm going to send out this... Decoy ship. Decoy ship first, and I'm going to hop on a speeder bike and go in a different direction. Yeah, so then we catch a Yoda, and Yoda is... Oh, hold on. That decoy ship doesn't matter. Yeah, no. We never see anything about it again. Nothing shoots it down. Nothing happens. For a moment, I thought we might deal with it because we cut to Yoda immediately yeah. after. And he's like, concentrate fire on the nearest starship. It, it's not that ship. Nope. It's a big circle sphere ship. Yeah. And then we see Obi-Wan and crew. And they see Dooku. So they follow. And they want them to shut down. But they don't have any missiles left. So it's up to Anakin and Obi-Wan to deal with it. Yeah. And while they're chasing Dooku speeder, Dooku's guard ships drop off behind them mm-hmm. and start firing on their carrier. And Amidala falls out of this giant inconvenient opening in the carrier. And then Obi-Wan and Anakin... Well, it's not like an inconvenient opening. It's Car- inconvenient for her. Carrier ships she, have like those... It's do- inconvenient for her. She probably should have sat in a fucking seat is what I'm saying. Yeah, Obi-Wan and Anakin then get in an argument because Obi-Wan's like, we have to stop Dooku. And Anakin's like, no, we need to land this ship right now so we can go save Amidala. They basically have that yelling back and forth for like a minute. And then Obi-Wan's just like, what would she do? And he's just like, she would do her duty. And then they continue and they follow um, Dooku to a secondary location. Also, you should never follow someone to a secondary location. It's dangerous. Obi-Wan and Anakin corner Dooku in this new location um, where Anakin was, where Dooku was trying to load onto a starship so he could escape. Well, right before that, we cut to Yoda, who just seems to notice something and request a ship. And then it's back to Anakin and Dooku and Obi-Wan. Yep. Anakin runs in like a fool and then gets slammed full force in the face by force lightning. Mm-hmm. And Dooku tries to force lightning Obi-Wan Kenobi as after this as well. Yeah, because he starts insulting Obi-Wan's abilities. Obi-Wan blocks it, though, with his saber. Um, and Dooku eventually re- relents on the force lightning trick and tries... 
and draws his saber as well, and they start dueling. And Dooku has the upper hand in it, and he's yeah. just insulting Obi Wan the entire time. He's just like, "I've heard you're so fucking good from like Master Yoda and stuff." And yeah, and Dooku is just about to strike the finishing blow and straight up kill Obi Wan because he's already crippled him. He's but hit him in the arm and leg. Then and like, when we cut back to Amidala or Padme or whatever you choose to call her at this point, because we just suddenly switched to calling her Padme like halfway through the film. Whatever. And um, she's fine. She tells a clone to gather some people and a transport and head to that hangar. Yep. And then we come back to Dooku about to kill Obi-Wan, and Anakin intervenes, blocking that fatal strike. Mm-hmm. And he starts fighting Dooku. Obi-Wan throws his saber to Anakin as well. Which and is, Anakin dual wields in a great fucking scene. For like three seconds before and then his the saber gets bat- cut in half. And like he, yeah. he just starts using Obi-Wan's. Um, and we get this actually really cool music piece. Because at first it sounds like all the music is left. But we hear like a building beat, and it's tied in really well with the strikes and the humming sound of the lightsabers. So the lightsabers are part of the music in these blows. And Anakin's keeping pace pretty well, like blocking blows. It's back and forth, and it's building this really nice like drum beat. Oh, yeah. The, the fight is really equal as long as Anakin has the two sabers. But after he loses his saber, Dooku starts controlling the fight. And eventually... Mm-hmm. He strikes Anakin down. like He strikes him to the ground. And cuts off his arm when he does it. Yep. Yep. And then um, Yoda shows up. And then, yeah, Yoda shows up, and initially they have a force battle where, like, Dooku pulls something off the wall and throws it at Yoda. Yeah, it, it's like, Yoda's like, Dooku, and Dooku's like, Yoda, and they're just like, force battle! Yeah, so Dooku pulls something off the wall, throws it at Yoda, Yoda catches it, Dooku tries it again, catches it, and then Dooku's like, well, force lightning? force lightning, and Yoda somehow catches that as well. And then just shoots it back? Yep. And then Dooku does it again. This time Yoda catches it and, like... Just, just bursts it. it. Yep. Yeah. And Dooku's like, fine. I guess we can't just be- compare ourselves as Masters of the Force. We'll We're have to do saber combat. And so they start fighting. And Yoda gets to be a little green blur of mad hops and jumps and twirls and... Also, what's it? this is probably one of the lightsaber fights that I can think of the most where... It doesn't make sense how lightsabers are fought with because there are multiple times where it's just like... If it was an actual recording, it would be sliding it down the shaft of the other sword, which that we deduce he was like, there's a slide it down sometimes. There's nothing stopping it. Dooku could have just cut into Yoda's skull multiple times. Yep. Um, but additionally, um, we learned in this fight that Dooku was actually trained by Yoda. Yes. Um, so Dooku realizing that he can't beat Yoda in a straight fight, uses the force to pull some machinery off a wall to try and crush Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, and, so Yoda has to save them. And Yoda stops fighting to save them, giving Dooku the distraction he needed to hop on his shuttle and escape. Mm-hmm. So then Amidala and company arrive. We see Anakin stand up. And then we see Dooku's ship taking off. I just want to establish Dooku's ship's cool as fuck. It has a fucking solar cell, and I don't think we see any Star Wars ship ever again. Sorry, cafe break. I don't think we see any Star Wars ship ever again that has a solar cell like that, and it's sad. No, I think solar cells are pretty unique to Dooku's ship, which yeah. is insane. Because solar cells are cool. Um, but new Dooku navigates his way to Coruscant, mm-hmm. where he meets with Master Sidious, and this is where we get the face reveal of Sidious. It's only the lower half, but the movies have been like these episodes. Sorry, these, these episodes, episodes been in your face about who he is. Yep, Sidious is Palpatine, and, and um, Sidious refers to Dooku as Master Tyrannus, as Lord. Tyrannus. Lord Tyrannus, my bad. And Duke is like, a war has started. And Sidious says, good. Everything is going according to plan, then. Oh, according to Keikaku. 
Um, in the Jedi Council Chambers, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, and Yoda mm-hmm. meet to discuss everything that happened on Genosis. And Obi-Wan's like, well, at least we won. And Yoda's like, oh, no. was like, at least we won. Also, do you think Dooku was telling the truth about the whole Sith in charge of the Senate? And Yoda's like, no, he's a Sith now. He can't be trusted. He lies all the time. Yep. Um, which is like the exact opposite of how Mace Windu was at the beginning of the episode. But anyways, then Yoda's like, we didn't win. The Clone War has begun, has only begun. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to... Oh, sorry. Yoda's like, the Sith Stroud has fallen. The Clone Wars have begun. Begun has the Clone War. Yeah. That's what my point was. And then we see the Clone Army, and we hear some dark, forbidding march start up. And there's a point here where I had to pause and go back. We hear some strings, and they sound like the bass root and, like, assembly for the Game of Thrones theme. Yeah, right before the Empire's theme kicks in, it does sound like Game of Thrones music. It has the fucking cello and violin bit, like, right before it. And then we see Palpatine and some peeps hanging out and watching over just as the... Imperial March hits. Yep, and then we cut to Naboo and Anakin. We cut to Naboo where Anakin. Then we cut to Naboo where Anakin and Padme are getting married, despite the whole Jedi's can't have attachments and their private marriage. And we we can't kiss. We can't leave a secret life because it will destroy us. Who cares? Roll credits. That's the end of the movie. Also, Anakin has a metal hand now. In movie. Who cares? Roll credits. That's the end of the episode. Okay, so. Attack of the Clones is better than episode one. Hands down, so much better. Yes. Main reason? No pod racing. Dialogue is still really fucking rough. I don't... I never want to see Anakin on screen ever again. There's an entire other movie with Anakin as on screen. I stand by my statement. And honestly, all their attempts at foreshadowing are so heavy-handed. Uh, I don't know. I think my favorite bit of foreshadowing is when Obi-Wan and Anakin walk into the club... And okay, that is the Obi-Wan's best. Obi-Wan's like, it'll be the death of me. Yeah, that, but that, 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 that foreshadowing has actually worked because it's casual. They do it well once, but like every other bit of foreshadowing is so heavy-handed. And I get it, okay? Like, ignoring the fact that we were pretending we haven't seen Star Wars before. Even if you've seen 4, 5, and 6, there's nothing, like, fun, in my opinion, about them being so fucking ham-fisted with their foreshadowing. That obviously isn't foreshadowing. It's just, like, come on. Either... Except the fact that you're trying to make it hidden that we don't know who Palpatine is. Or give us some fucking shit from his perspective and let us fucking know. Because right now, you're trying to chip to the fucking line and you're shit at it. Yeah. Either go with actual foreshadowing, or just be like, you've seen episodes 4, 5, and 6. It's fine. Yep. It That, that alone just annoys me. And then the whole fucking romance between Padme and Anakin... It's just so poorly fucking written. Anakin is just disturbing. And I dislike everything about the way their romance is done. Yep. And, you know, given these first two episodes, I wouldn't watch any more Star Wars. Yeah, this one's better, but it doesn't make up for the shit show that is episode one. And this one has its own problems. The dialogue is so fucking stiffly written and just badly done that it doesn't outweigh all the great action scenes because it has great action scenes but it, the dialogue and all that don't outweigh it and don't balance it like and the only other thing that's going for besides action is great fucking music but you know what I can do with great fucking music I can look it up online and listen to it not to interrupt you but oh I'm done now um 
you're talking about great action scenes, and this movie still doesn't have anything as good as Duel of Fates. No, no, it doesn't. And, like, Duel of Fates is a cool fight scene. I think probably the Dooku fight scene is straight up better than Duel of Fates. Yeah. But Duel of Fates is paced well, it's cut well, and the music just makes Duel of Fates an iconic piece of, of film history. Um, that said, this episode is much more strongly paced than the first episode. The first episode Agreed. spends half its time doing literally nothing, but... It's really weird that there's a 10 epi- a 10 year skip between two episodes. Yeah. Um like going full kayfabe here. I wonder if this is a, an idea that they're just going to go with in the series like 10 years between every episode. That could be a cool show. Like if yeah. you just jump 10 years between every episode and see this world evolve over the course of like 100 years, that could you be know, cool. You know, that feels vaguely dunish like we're just following these characters at like weird paces in life and through weird things. It does. But I could be down with it. Um, the music throughout the show is amazing. John Williams knows how to write a score. Even when he's plagiarizing himself, he's, he does it well. True. Um, if you don't know what I mean, go listen to like any Indiana Jones score and a Star Wars score and see how much you can hear in common. Yeah. But even when he's plagiarizing himself, he does it well. Um, this movie does hit a little bit of a low point, a little snag, um, when they're on Naboo. Uh, but luckily, Naboo is carried by the weight of Obi-Wan's story as he goes to Kamino, so it doesn't yep. get bogged down that heavily. And you know, honestly, the fucking romance with Amidala and Anakin could have been better done, and the Naboo Nubu- stuff could have been worth it, except it's only just them, so we have no tension, nothing. We have no tension in their relationship other than the fact that Anakin's a fucking creep. That's the only tension in their relationship. Honestly, there's a scene, two scenes actually, that are deleted. That are that are Anakin meeting Amidala's family while he's on Naboo. Yeah, and like those scenes add so much. Like them, yeah. them not because being in the final ed- cut. Even is... just Anakin like talking with her father, it shows more like emotion and caring about her than just I am obsessed with you. Why won't you love me? Yeah, um, I'm still not quite sure a lot of what's going on in this show though. Uh, it feels like it wants me to carry a bunch of knowledge that I. Mm-hmm. Sh- it, it feels like the show expects me to know stuff. That based on these being the first two episodes, I have no way of knowing. Like, there's this whole thing with Jedi, but we're not really like told it, anything about Jedi. Yeah, there's this like Jedi are so important, but they don't care enough to focus on them. There's the Sith, but we only know that there's two of them at a time, and they're evil, bad Jedi. Like, there's not a lot that this show is actually telling us about the world. Yeah, and we know that like emotion leads to being evil, bad Jedi, but yep. only apparently evil emotions. So what happens if you have like? good emotions you're not a jedi because jedi just like a spouse emotion like forego emotion yep. so is there like a positive version of a jedi that's not a sith but they feel good emotions also i didn't i didn't re- realize this until we were in review talking about it but padme's character arc between uh, between the first episode and the second episode is bad makes no fucking sense yeah no she just completely changes characterizations it's a 180 turn she uses she's she Fucking bells she on diplomacy the for first time. Force in an understandable circumstance, which honestly, giant federation trying to split up the republic probably an understandable situation. Yep, even if it's just to protect your own planets from federation forces, it makes sense to have a military. But who, yep. what do I know? In addition to this, like whole bringing knowledge into the show that I shouldn't be able to have yet, there are a lot of joke segments. With the C-3PO character mm-hmm. that just don't really land at all. And I don't understand why they're there. And I don't understand what the point behind them is. It just doesn't feel like there's a lot going on there. But episode two is much better. It's a much better argument to why Star Wars is considered this classic holy grail piece of media. Yeah. It's not This episode alone is not redeemable in any means. 
And based on these two episodes, I would not watch more Star Wars. The dialogue, the acting's a little stiff, and the storytelling is just terrible. Why did Padme, like, just change who she is entirely in ten years? Like, I know people change and evolve, but, like, we don't see anything that would lead to that. No, she's just different all of a sudden. Additionally, why are Naboo the good guys in the first movie? The politics there don't make sense. Yeah, no, these films feel like they had a very, like... They feel like they had a very specific agenda. Yeah. They stuck to those. Like they, they, and everything else is filler. They had it written in stone about who was good, who was bad, but they didn't know how they were going to do it. And then they didn't do it well. Anyways, I think that's that's me on Star Wars Episode Two. Uh Yeah, I'm good on it as well. So, we both hate Star Wars. That's it right there. Don't watch it. Based on these two episodes, don't watch Star Wars. Actually, based on all nine episodes, don't watch Star Wars. Yeah, honestly, it's ever hyped. I enjoy I enjoy expounded universe. Like I said the Legends universe, listening to those books, but and this is important. This is important to me. Star Wars is just bad. Yeah, Star Wars isn't very good. Like don't get me wrong, Mandalorian decent show. I wouldn't say you have to watch it. Uh, the Clone Wars saga TV show decent show. Again, I wouldn't say you have to watch it. Nothing I can think of that is Star Wars. I'm going to tell anybody ever to go out of their way to watch. Like, I think there's a reasonable argument made. Like. Star Wars is a massive franchise, right? But I think the only other cons- comparable massive franchise is probably the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, like, maybe Star Trek on size of scale. But Star Trek is, like, ridiculous because it's a bunch of TV series with, like, a bunch of seasons. So if we're just comparing movies, Star Wars is probably closest to Marvel. Or Fast and Furious, I guess. I would suggest somebody watch Fast and Furious. I think those movies, like, are mindless fun. They're not good, but they're mindless and fun. I would suggest somebody... They also aren't super boring in portions. I would also suggest somebody watch the Marvel movies. There are some down points, but in general, it's fun. I would never suggest somebody get into Star Wars because it's... Yeah, no. There's so much stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, Like, if you want to, I'm not going to say I blame you. I'm not going to say anything's wrong with that. I like some of the Star Wars movies, and I've Mm -hmm. seen... All of them. I've seen all of them, sadly. I've seen the four most recent ones, um, not counting Solo... Um, in theaters, the new trilogy and Rogue One. I saw those in theaters and I liked them all to whatever extent I liked them. Like none of them would be like nine out of 10s or 10 out of 10s, but no, they were watchable and fun. And it's, it's culturally, it's cool to be able to talk about Star Wars with people, right? Like that's why you watch Star Wars now, not because they're good, but because people like Star Wars is big. It's a big event. But if you don't have to, or you don't want to, don't get into Star Wars. Yeah, I know. I would argue the main reason why Star Wars has its focal focus point in current culture is it was grandfathered in. It was pretty good for its time in, when it first came out. Those people became obsessed with it or super fans. Then it came back out in 1990, in 99, and people were like, oh my god. So they made their children watch the previous episodes, and nostalgia made their kids think they liked it. I think the fir- And they, liked, they remembered liking it, so they watched it, and then they refused to admit it was bad. I think the really important thing is the actual the first two actual movies in, in the series actually good um episode four and five a new hope and empire strikes back are actually really good movies like they have their problems but they're actually really good movies and they do a lot of really good things for cinema at that time but everything else including return of the jedi is kind of meh yeah anyways i'm gonna i'm done bagging on star wars yeah. i know people this love has it. uh this has been co-pilots 
Um, happy May 4th, everybody. Happy Star Wars Day. Yes, it's May the 4th be days. with you. But if you want to tell us why we're wrong about Star Wars or some, talk about something else we should review or... Why we're right about Star Wars or why Star Trek's better than Star Wars. Tell Not me that a, it is. That's an opinion. Or tell me another series of movies that have episodes because I spent an hour and a half looking through Google and could not find another series of movies that were released as episodes. And no, they don't count it. They just had a bunch of movies. Fast and yeah. Furious is in episodes. Harry Potter is in episodes. I'm looking for stuff that, like, movies that were released as episodic things. And if you want to tell us those things, you can do so by emailing us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or tweeting us at copilotsreview. And you can find both of those things. As well as our Discord. Linked on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. And uh, thank you for flying with us, but don't forget, if you want to leave us a review... Do it wherever you listen to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Does Podcast Spotify Addict. Room for, uh, co- Does uh, Spotify have comment sections for that show? I don't believe so. Reviews? I've never seen the ability to review on Spotify. So, yeah. Like us on Spotify? That's right. Make a liked playlist. Do it. Bet you won't. So anyways, thank you for flying with us. Enjoy May 4th. And um, please, fly again soon. <laughs>